From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now, our hosts. Welcome to the Conquer Risk Podcast. My name is Manish Kata, and with me this week, as most weeks, I have Jeff Goodnow. How you doing, buddy? Uh, frankly, I'm colder than the well digger's ass down here. Um, Austin, Texas is not supposed to be uh, well below freezing. Um, my little portable heater in the garage broke last night and, uh, yeah, nobody carries them because it's not supposed to be this cold. So I'm drinking hot chocolate. I got gloves on. It is what it is. Um, it's 61 degrees in my office and dropping quickly while I have the door closed. <laughs> so that's how I'm doing today. Cool. cool. <laughs> I played tennis this morning, and we're going to the beach this afternoon. Kiss my really cold ass. Thank you. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, what we're talking about this week is um, is pertinent to what's going on in the news and also what's going on with Potomac. So two things have happened recently. Obviously, uh, a lot of people have heard about the Robin Hood thing. Uh, if you dig deep into it, uh, there's you know news about the payment for order flow and how they make money and, and why is it free. Uh, and these are things that most end consumers and, and frankly, probably advisors don't understand. Um, the, and so we wanted to touch about touch on how custodians make money. And what's interesting is we are in the process of looking for a new custodian ourselves. Um, we do business with Fidelity and TD. Nothing wrong with them. But as a uh, as a UMA platform multi-custodian, we wanted to add another one to the mix. And so we're having these calls talking to all these different folks. And, and the first question is, all right, look, how do you make money? Because that sets the stage for everything else. Okay, and so there's two main ways that custodians make money. And in my opinion, from from our research, it's either one or the other. You either charge a custody fee and ticket charges and or ticket charges. That's one way. The other way is it's free. Everything's free. Okay, so if everything is free, that's what we want to dive into today, because you and I know that nothing is actually ever free. So if if a custodian is being sold to advisors as free of charge, how are they actually making money, right? What do you? Yeah, I, I no, you're 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 totally right. Um, you know, you got to know who's got skin in the game, and frankly, I think it's important to know where that skin is. So, uh, I think the first one that is probably the most confusing because they don't understand it uh, is order flow. Um, so let's let's hit that first. What uh, can you help describe and uh, for for those that aren't familiar and educate what what you mean when you say well they make money on order flow? Yeah, and I, I'm actually not surprised that most people don't get this. Frankly, you know, until we you know uh, <laughs> opened our own Fortiac funds, a lot of times we we weren't really up to speed on some of this because it's just things that happen in the background, right? And so so what that essentially means is let's say you're a customer of Robinhood. You execute 100 shares of Apple. Uh, They then send that trade to market makers who either execute that for them or bundle it with other uh, uh, equity trades for Apple and and create the get the stock and execute that trade. So it's just another person behind the scenes that that's a market maker there. The best way to think about it to me is is an Amazon sponsored ad. Uh, You know, companies can pay for exposure to have their product listed first. Uh, as a sponsored ad, that's what it's akin to, where you have these uh, companies that are telling Robinhood, listen, we will pay you to get that order flow. And the reason they do that is because when they're executing those trades in the back end, 
there's a lot of opportunity to make money on the spread and it's pennies it's tenth of a penny sometimes where you know they're buying and selling behind the scenes and keeping uh, the difference and obviously it's profitable enough for them uh, to pay custodians for that order flow uh, citadel was the big one that that was in the, the talks with robin hood in terms of they're the ones that pay uh, robin hood for order flow and and it makes up a large chunk of the of the revenue for some of these custodians um, and the argument is you could be getting bad execution um, because of the fact that someone's paying for it i don't know if i believe that i mean i don't know if people care either right i mean if you're a robinhood customer executing 100 shares i don't think you even look at that stuff. well probably, and it's right? uh for lack of a better phrase i'll say it's almost negligible um what it makes me think of is the movie office space right it's just a little rounding <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe uh, Martina can throw up a little little flash of of that uh, that scene from the movie. But you know, I mean, look, like I say, you're you're Robin Hood. You're you're gonna buy a hundred hundred shares of GME or some silly thing. Who cares if a one you know ten thousandths of a penny gets rounded off on a spread? You know, whatever that that ratio is, it, it does it just doesn't matter to them. And so, but the problem is, you do that times. Doesn't you know 600 million shares or whatever the the big number is suddenly you actually have a fair amount of money and then that's the next day and the next day so i think one of the takeaways for me on order flow is that and this is where i laugh because this whole thing that we've recently gone through with some of the you know degrossing and shorts crap that was happening is that the winners are are these companies that are making money on order flow they don't care what you trade that's the part that I think the average person doesn't get, is it doesn't matter what you trade. It's the fact that you're trading. They're making money when you trade. They don't make, oh, ooh, I'm shaking my whole rig here. They don't make money when everybody just buy and, is buy and hold. So, you know, from that standpoint, right, some of these things like Robin Hood and, and the day trader and, and all of those, it's really built around the fact that there are companies that are making money just because you trade. So it doesn't matter if you're a winner or a loser. They don't care if you just lost your ass. They made money because you traded. Well, yeah, I mean, no one, no one cares, right? I right. Mean, that's that's the that's the lawsuit that went on where you know the uh, Robinhood is dropping confetti from the top of the app when you buy and the ability to options. I mean, they're they're not on your side. They're not Correct. necessarily fiduciaries. They're they're just custodians. So, um, and 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 so I think it's important to jump here to the next part, which is I think that we gotta we gotta figure out what statistically. You know, I guess it differs from custodian to custodian. Some people make a lot on order flow. Some people make a lot on cash. But I know cash is always coming up. And you did some research into this uh, for Schwab in terms of uh, their financials and, and what percentage of revenue is derived from cash. What uh, what'd you dig up? Yeah, so I, I looked at the last couple of years. Uh, I looked at Schwab's 10Q, uh, 2018, 2020. I wanted to get some, some details uh, um, you know, on what was happening there so that uh, we could get some feel for the time frames of what happened, what was it like before zero trades was an issue? And what was it, you know, when suddenly, oh, wait, wait, everything's free. Um, and so when you say making money on cash, we've talked about this a little bit before, right? There's all kinds of things. And I'll just give you one example. Um, you know, their, their intelligent portfolios, right? That would be one quick example. They have a sort of a standard amount of cash in each one, but what's it really mean to the bottom line? And that's what we're going to look at here. So, uh, some of this we will uh, put up on the screen for those viewing on our YouTube. Now that we're, we're really kicking that. We appreciate all the YouTube viewers. 
in 2018, and I'm going to have to read some of this. So I want to make sure I get it right. Trade revenue was only 7.8% of the bottom line. Uh, cash revenue was 54% of Schwab's bottom line. Think about that for a second. The trade commissions that they went said, oh, well, okay, fine. We'll go to zero just like Robin Hood. They only give up 7% of the revenue, essentially. Now, in the last nine months, I, I looked at this ending 9-30-2020, trade revenue was still 7.4%. So they're still getting a little bit of trade revenue on some of the things. Look, it wasn't, the reality is, albeit marketing says 100% is free, not everything is free. Not every trade has been actually removed, trade commission. So, you know, it was down a point and a half. It's really not a big deal. It didn't impact them basically at all right? <clears throat> um, but cash is now up to 57.2. So they continue to increase the revenue on cash. And, and I think that just goes to show that most people don't, and most advisors don't realize that the fact that they're keeping some money when cash is a part of the portfolio in its many forms during settlement, etc., that, that that is a huge, huge revenue for Schwab. It's not not good or bad, right? We're not we're not throwing a stone here. We're just saying it's let's unveil it, right? Let's uncover what's really happening. And that's that's an important point. We are not you know picking on anyone. Everyone can run the business however they seem fit. Uh, what we're trying to say is, look, when you choose a custodian, it's probably important to recognize where their money is coming from because you know where you find the incentive you'll find a lot of the decisions and motivations behind that and so if cash is a huge portion then you know they, they might have portfolios that encourage the use of cash um you know i've heard rumors that some custodians are telling you that if you don't use their cash that they'll charge you a custody fee and then you have the choice either pay the custody fee or use their cash that that pays them um so so this is uh this not picking on one or the other it's just kind of following the rabbit down the rabbit hole. Um, so can you can you explain real quick, like, all right, so what do you mean? How do they make money on cash? Like, how exactly is that working? Um, right. So 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 one example, I, I gave you sort of the higher level, right, which is, okay, let's just, the intelligent portfolios, you're a, a moderate uh, or a conservative growth investor. Maybe you have, I didn't look at the portfolio breakdown themselves, but let's say 30% cash. You're always going to have 30% cash. So how do they make money from that? Well, they can take that cash that is allotted times however many million investors, and then they could go, let's say, use T-bills, right, or, or some other iteration, make some money, and then what they pay back is only a portion of that. So they're keeping spread. Funny, the spread's the same word you use when you're talking about order flow, right? And that's, that's just a quick snippet example of what we're talking about. They have to go invest that cash to give you some sort of a modicum of return using whatever fund or ETF that they have, you know, used as the cash. Of course, they're also making a management fee on that, <laughs> on that same thing. But, uh, you know, in the end, they're keeping part of the spread. You're not getting 100% of whatever was invested in. And, and that's okay because it's better than, a. am sure it's probably better than sticking it in your bank, right? But at the same time, it's just, again, one of those things we want to uh, uncover or discover what we mean there. Well, and to, to the custodian's credit, listen, nothing is free. You know, you're, you're, you have the ability to open an account, get statements, get tax mm -hmm. reporting, uh, trade. You know, you can do all of this for free. They have to make money. And the only way that they're doing it for free is because they're making on the back end. And, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is the world that we live in because people would rather 
not know what they're paying for in the back end than then just be told on the front end. And, and, and unfortunately, that, that's, that's how it goes. You know, my example is always Amazon. You know, Amazon doesn't make money on Prime, you know, but the more people they get on their uh, platform, the better. And then they make most of their money on um, uh, Amazon Web Services, the cloud computing. So it, it's, it's, it's kind of the, the, the model of the future where you just kind of, uh, you know, try to grow your user base and make money some other way. And so the, the next topic that we want to hit is something that we've become um, really familiar with over the past year or so, and that is the uh, mutual fund supermarket is what they call it. So essentially, the custodians tell funds, if you want to come on our platform and get access to all of our clients, you have to pay us something. So obviously, there's an onboarding fee, and then there's ongoing fees. So if you're an NTF fund... Um, the average rate or the, the most popular rate I've seen is, is 40 basis points. So the fund family is paying the custodian 40 basis points for access to that. If you choose transaction fee, I think it's 10 or 15 basis points, but then the client pays a, uh, a ticket charge every time they, they buy and sell that. So one way or the other, you know, that, that's a, a huge revenue source. What, do you, uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think, I mean, in the scheme of things, right, it's, it it all goes back to what you see and what you don't. And some clients don't, they just don't see or don't really know the difference. But paying that 40 basis points, a lot of advisors don't realize how much it costs. And this, we learned this from creating our own funds. How much does it cost to have that mutual fund on the platform? I mean, 40 basis is points is a pretty big chunk, right? So you're looking at internal fees. Well, there's a reason, you know, everybody has to charge what they charge. And in the end, this whole podcast could be summed up with one word. It's called capitalism, right? So don't knock the, (laughs) don't knock the players. This is capitalism. This is different people and groups and entities and companies doing what they can to make a buck. And, you know, we've all got to set up our business plans the way we deem appropriate. And it's either going to succeed or fail, but, um, you know, again, we're just going about uncovering, uncovering these fees. So what other fees we got? That's, that's really it, right? So the, the wrap-up is, like, when you're looking for custodian, the, the, the front end is going to be either free and there's going to be a couple other avenues that they go about making money or it's going to be uh, custodian fee ticket charge setup. Um, that, that's what we've uncovered in the last couple of weeks in, in trying to find a new custodian. Um, and it's important to do your due. There, there's a there's a whole other list in terms of due diligence. This is just talking about how custodians uh, make money. I mean, there's you know SIP insurance, yada yada. There's there's a ton of things you should look at. But for for purposes of this discussion, we just want to uncover you know how, yeah. how they make money. And we're probably missing a lot. Yeah. You know, there's probably you know it's just two guys that are you know surface level researching. Like <laughs> we don't know exactly the ins and outs of what they're doing. Like they they could be laughing at us right now because they make money you know, selling t-shirts. I don't, I don't. Well, but the, but the, at the same time, these are two things that are, are, well, for lack of a better phrase, right in the news, they're two topics that, that a lot of times are, what we're trying to do is help shortcut some of the learning process or the learning curve to things that your clients may hear about in the news order flow or, or, uh, you know, cash or, or that's part of the discussion. So hopefully that helps out and we'd love any comments, uh, positive or negative on, on whether that, that is helpful. And other things you'd like to know. Yeah, and and I, I mean, nothing in life is free, <laughs> and it gets paid somewhere, and and there's nothing wrong with Yay. that. It's just a reality that people need to understand that yeah. there's no such thing as a free yep. lunch, and that's that that holds true no matter what industry you're in. Um, that's that it holds true across the board. Yep. 
All right, what uh, what's going on in your world? What you got any recommendations? Oh gosh, uh, I would have to say I uh, you know look, this is going to be a very specific one. Um, the Archer Hotel in Austin, Texas, in an area they call the Domain. Um, absolutely loved it. Spent the weekend uh, recently there. Um, unfortunately, it was. Uh, or I should say, fortunately, it was much nicer out <laughs> than it is now. Um, you know, 75 degrees, that's fine. But it was a very clean, neat hotel, super cool, lots of uh, sort of high-end shopping and and cool bars and Perry's Steakhouse, which I, if anybody's ever been to Texas and had a pork chop at Perry's, that's a whole other thing. right? But the hotel itself, best communication I have ever had. From the time that I called to try and book an interesting deal. I had a, had some family coming in and I wanted to book a couple of rooms for a couple of days. From the booking, the discussion, the the actual interaction along the way, people remembered it was my wife's birthday. Uh, they gave us a special treat for that. Um, I was getting texts the whole time on, hey, is there anything that we can do for you? You know, hey, we appreciate your visit. We had to stay in one room and then move to another before the weekend from an, for another reason. So I added an extra day. And when I, when we left that room, I, you know, I'm getting a text. Hey, we, we miss you already. Right? I realized it was automated because we got the same thing the next day, of course, and we're going to continue staying there. But again, it's about yeah. that use of technology was part of it to communicate with me. I knew what was going on. And when we did have one problem. They had somebody come up right away, had them check it out. The guy was super cool. I mean, I, I, I just was very pleased. It's not a cheap hotel, cool. but if you're in Austin... And you're looking for a different place to stay. There's only like, I don't know, six or seven archers around the country. Check one out. Cool. Maybe we'll do a conference there. I'm looking at the site right it's, now. It's oh. pretty sweet. How, how much was the room? Uh, like the the king room, the, the king size suite was like 223. The archer den um, was uh, like four four something. Okay. But that's, that's two rooms. Super that's nice. Good. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, so I did a podcast with um, Model FA. Shout out to David for Model FA. He invited me on to, to talk about what we're doing at Potomac. And as a thank you, um, he sent over so it's kind of two recommendations. It's called Thinks, which is, I think, or <laughs> Thinks. Uh, it's called Thanks. Um, it's called Thanks, but they trick you because they don't put the A in there. Anyway, it's called Thanks. It's a quick way to send someone a, a thank you gift. And the important part of today's environment is because you don't know where people are these days. You can't just send something to an office. It allows you to go in and, and, and pick what you want um, and order it. And so he sent me a link to Wicked Good Cupcakes, which is uh, which was a Shark Tank um, cupcake company and that was on Shark Tank, excuse me. And so I was able to quickly go to Thanks, uh, click on a couple cupcakes, send it to us. Obviously, the kids enjoyed them. The cupcakes were great. Uh, so definitely uh, Wicked Good Cupcakes and also Thanks as a good advisor should look at Thanks really as a as a way to uh, to reward and say thank you to clients. So um, two recommend two for one. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's it's funny because I think Sprinkles was also a Shark Tank cupcake gig and they have a shark a cupcake ATM and that was right outside of the Archer. So you can go across the street in the middle of the night and, and, and pop in your code or whatever and get a cupcake through the machine. So I don't know. I, mean, per, I, I obviously the kids to me cupcakes are overrated, but I guess the kids like that's it. all good. All right, like you know, there's Georgetown cupcakes for twenty bucks. Anyway, yeah, that's next. Part. Well, on that note, that's man, it. thanks everybody for uh, wait, 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 wait. So, guy, guys and girls, go to our YouTube channel. Uh, something weird happened. We had like three to five views for the past year <laughs> and a half. 
and all of a sudden it jumped to 500 and 800 and 900 and then the other day i think it was 1100 in one day so thank you first of all to whoever you know is watching on youtube we appreciate it um, we finally got enough subscribers to have our custom url so now it's youtube forward slash conquer risk podcast whatever so thank you keep up the good work please go subscribe um comment leave a review whatever you can you review youtube channels what's that i don't yeah. know can you leave a review for a channel you can't i okay, think anyway. yeah they, uh, subscribe and, and leave us your comments um we appreciate it it does uh it does uh it helps us out a lot and any feedback would be welcomed yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny because I felt like when I saw that the other day, I, I felt like I was, you know, like 30 again and I finally got a comma in my, um, you know, paycheck. It was like, oh, wait, we tripped over a thousand views on something that had only been out for a week. Uh, that, was, that was pretty exciting. So definitely thank you. I was going to do the same thing, man. Uh, we appreciate the YouTube watching and uh, hopefully that's just a little bit more, maybe a little bit more enjoyable. And this is going to be a good example. We'll have a couple of things in the video that you just, you can't see if you're only listening. So anyway, we appreciate the subscribers on either side of that fence. And on that note, we're out. Peace. Thanks. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.